Hello, everyone. It is March the 30th of 2022. Welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. I'm Nick, joined by Chris. That's me. It's Manga Talking Day. Let's yeah. do it. Let's talk about manga, Nick. Let's talk yeah. about all of the manga, some of the manga, none of the manga, and then combine it all together into like an Ouroboros. Uh, that's, not, that's not the name of the snake eating its tail. That's, that's that yeah Aurora Boris whatever its name is Boris Boris uh of manga Boris and Natasha yeah. yeah oh man what a what a movie that was people keep on saying that that was a movie that happened I'm like are you sure I know it was because I saw it as a kid and I just remember my brother I was at that exact right age where like if I saw a movie I wanted to see I'd be like I want to see that and my mom was like just like she would just require one of my older siblings to take me so the amount sure, of like sure. garbage bad 90s movies my family had to sit through uh dunstan checks in apparently uh okay. operation dumbo drop uh mm-hmm. warriors of virtue i'm noticing uh, a pattern with, like, with these I'm noticing a pattern with these animal comedies uh so i love them you know those animals are fine oddly none about cats Really changed. Really yeah. didn't. You know, well, I'm trying to find like an origin for that, and I guess it's just like an eternally, you know, like you know, nature versus nurture thing. I guess I was just born to love cats. Really, Garfield the movie came along too late. Actually, yeah. Garfield. I did read a lot of Garfield comic strips as a kid. So uh, did they have? Me too. Did they have book it challenges where you were that Pizza Hut sponsored? Uh, I don't think so. No. Okay, so it was like a thing where they wanted kids to like read over the summer. Um, and I forget how many you had to read, but you had to read a bunch of books. And the idea was you would fill in all the names of all the books and you'd submit it. And when the new year started, uh, if you filled it out, you finished your book of challenge, you got a free personal pan pizza. And, uh, to get that free personal pan pizza, I just put a bunch of Garfield books down, but here's the tip. You don't put Garfield down. You just put the title of the book. Ah, so, so like large and in charge, put, uh, something yeah, like throwing your weight around, tipping the scales. By by James Davis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you did it. <laughs> Look, what what Pizza Hut worker is going to care anyway? <laughs> yeah, no. What, who's going to stop me? It was a free personal pan pizza, you know. But that was really, oh. that was like the highlight of my early school year. So. Yeah, there are actual like uh kids not kids novels that jim davis wrote they're based on garfield it's like it was a garfield's pet force where he oh, would yeah, yeah, yeah. Use... and uh they were these that you know just these short little books about like how garfield and his friends got zapped into an alternate universe where they were all superheroes i i do recall this uh very vaguely it's good times. It's good times. Yeah. Nick, we don't have as many manga to talk about this week. No. In fact, some uh, might say this is a short week for manga. We could say that. You know, maybe we could just skip the manga this week. Not, you know, I don't think not, there's anything that people want to talk there's about. There's nothing so. big that happened this week. It was a pretty, pretty quiet week in general. I don't think any series had uh, their stuff top R all on Reddit for a couple days. I don't think any series made the French news for some reason. I, just nothing big. Let's just let's pack it up and go home. Yeah, no series had people freaking out for a week and a half before the chapter actually came out because people won't fucking stop posting spoilers. That's actually an important question. Before we get to, to that, 
did you get spoiled on it before it came out? Kind of. Yeah. I, I, I follow like, two, I follow like two or three different accounts. They're just like, Hey guys, the thing in one piece we got to talk about. I was like, mm. you guys stop it. <laughs> but we have to, it's like, I know that you like attach your financial well being to having being able to yeah. talk about this stuff on time, but still, like <laughs> I I thankfully didn't. Um I don't follow many people who did it. I did find it a little amusing. One person in our Discord got spoiled by not safe for work art that someone posted. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of an amusing way to get spoiled. But I almost did because I have uh, a local friend, one of my former DD players who reads One Piece. And he just texted me, holy shit, did you read this? Like, did you read the synopsis or whatever? And this was like Friday. And I thankfully, like, very quickly messaged him, like, no, I'm waiting for the official release or whatever. And he was just like, oh, well, I don't even know if these leaks are real or whatever. So I didn't get spoiled there, but it was almost a dude. Because he did. I remember when um, the one chapter came out where Odin, quote unquote, was at the end. He did text me before that chapter came out. He's like, holy shit. What do you think Odin showing up again means? I was like, you cocksucker. I hate you. <laughs> oh. Well, anyway. That's it for One Piece. So <laughs> let's talk about the other series. We covered everything we're going to say about One Piece. Let's talk about One Piece. If you're only here for the One Piece discussion, uh, check in uh, 90 minutes, I guess. But, but don't do that. No, we've got so many wonderful series to talk about. Not yeah. as many as usual, yeah. but a lot of series to talk about. Stay around for Akane Banashi and Undead Unlock and like these good series. Yeah, actually good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, So... I guess let's kick off, though, with My Hero Academia. It's chapter number 349, Battle Flame, with uh, one of the uh, cool comic book style uh, cover pages. So you can see Miroko's artificial limbs color scheme. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. I actually, once this happened, I was like, all right, I'm down with this aesthetic now. I thought it was kind of dumb before that she would just go and pick up like different robot arms and stuff like that. But I was like, once I saw it, I was like, you know what? It's kind of awesome. And Miracle does definitely seem like the kind of person to be like, well, if I'm going to have to have an artificial arm, can it have guns on it? <laughs> Why wouldn't it, right? Yeah. I mean, aren't you like a hand-to-hand fire? I want a gun. Yeah. All right. My hand could be a gun. <laughs> a gun could be a hand. What if I punch bullets into people? Exactly. <laughs> so... Deku has managed to get away from Toga because, you know, there were other people on the island with them to distract her. And he is trying to fly over to where she, the fight against Shigaraki is taking place. But he is immediately running into a problem, which is that, yes, he's got all these very helpful quirks now to make his travel there uh, possible and quick because he can fly and he can go and he can, you know, build up kinetic energy and burst forward quickly. But he's like... I don't have any buildings that I can swing between with my spidey webs. I mean, my black whip. So uh, I, I just have to use this much more like tiring and not very effective means of travel instead. So a bit of a justification for why he's not just there immediately. Yeah. And there's going to be a bit of a running across snake way to get to fight the Saiyans uh, sequence. With that's him. a good reference. Thank you. Uh, so he thinks about the points like, okay, well, I could use faux 100% 
to get there, which was, of course, the thing that he used to defeat Lady Nagant. But uh, uh, presumably he's thinking like that'd be really, really big waste of energy. And one of the previous vessels, which I think is the third, uh, says, don't lose your head. It's clouding your judgment. Those reinforcement parts, which are the bits of equipment that he's got uh, from Hatsume, can't withstand one for all 100% power. And are you just going to get hurt before you reach the battlefield? So that's the big reason why you can't do it. Or did you attempt to use my meta ability? I thought I told you that was meant to be your last resort. Suffocation, no breathing. So, oh, building up another power of the deck is going to be his ace in the hole. Yes, his super ace in the hole. This one is... uh, what other powers does Spider-Man have? Um, if they go with Miles Morales, he has like a toxic touch. That's or true. like that. Um, or, Spider-Girl could turn her uh, stickiness power into a repelling power mm, as well. Spider-Gwen, I believe, can travel through multiverses or something like that. So we could like go to different multiverses to get other Deku's. Because mm-hmm. that's a big thing right now. Metaverses are a big thing right now. Or multiverses, rather. Metaverse sucks. No one cares about that. Multiverses are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) This episode paid for by... (laughs) Sponsored by Facebook. Or whatever it's called now. Meta. Uh, It's also garbage. So, essentially, he gets a lot of coaching from the third vessel just saying, like, hey, chill. Have faith that your friends can handle this situation because if you just push yourself, then you're not going to do yourself any favors for when you actually get to the battle head. Uh, we cut back to the island uh, where Uraka and Sui are getting ready to square off against Toga. And Toga's like, uh, yeah, I don't think that he would have been able to ignore her for very long. And then she thinks to herself, plus, I can't stand the thought of a secret my friend holds dear being revealed like that. So... Presumably, so you knows all the fuck about Uraka's. Well, yeah, because everyone does, right? Shouldn't everyone with a brain realize what's going on? Ashido definitely has been teasing her about it for a while, but I think that this is very much like she just knows, like without any semblance of a doubt. Like, no, she 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 knows. Uh, Toga. Uh, starts talking to the two of them and her font is different. So you can tell that she's getting a little bit distorted. Uh, And she says that I've had enough and I love you all, but I'm done. I'm ready to be who I want to be. All I want is to live the way that feels right to me. And she palms some of her blood canisters while she thinks to herself, right, Jean. And then we get a little bit of a square off page between her and Uraka uh, it's it's like their 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 fighting game beginning of the match uh, things like this is a spe- this is a special cutscene because the two characters are related to each other. That's, that's, that's what happens here. Also, Uraka's quip or you know fighting words thing here seems a little bit out of character in in my eyes. She's like, I'm also living the way that's right for me as Ochaku Uraka. Okay. He's- I didn't know that saying your name was a thing for you, but a... all right, all right. Three hundred 
40 chapters since we met you and I'm only just picking that up, I guess. <laughs> so. uh, then we cut to Ground Zero, which is um, that place where All Might's statue is. There's a bunch of fire because this is where Toya is fighting everyone. Uh, and um, there's a Nomu that uh, they're having to deal with as well. Toya is posing up against the statue and honestly what is a really cool picture that I wish was just a full page spread just like them surrounding by flames while he leans against the statue it'd be really cool to just see a bigger view of that yeah uh and uh they quickly establish that oh yeah Choto is really the only one that could do anything against Toya right now because there's so much ridiculous heat that no one else can really even approach Ida says that uh, his engines would be ruined immediately if he got closer, which begs the question of why he's here. <laughs> there's other I'm, villains I'm, he could be. <laughs> I'm assuming that there's some kind of method to that madness because it is it is actually kind of cool that like we're going to separate these big antagonists up to like have multiple members of class 1A fight them. And it's cool. Ida's there. Yes, I'm it, in favor of it. It, it yes. is like a, an odd note of him being like. Oh shit! If I get closer, I'll be done for. Like, all right, I'm assuming you guys had a plan then, <laughs> like, because they they established in a moment that like they brought two dudes who are like, I can alter the trajectory of heat or some bullshit like that. I was like, I don't know, maybe they do that so Ida can come in and kick him really hard. But it is it is an odd moment here when he seems like he doesn't know. He's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. There are three of Endeavor's sidekicks uh, there as well, including Burnin. And it's like, okay, they work with, you know, a flame-powered guy. Maybe these guys were specifically chosen because they might be able to do something about the heat or deal with it in some way. That all makes sense. I specifically like their introduction because I don't know. Maybe we've seen these characters before. I don't know. Um, Probably the background. But I do like the one dude who's like, there's keep back, Kido. There's no way your body can withstand the heat. He's like, I sh- I'll be fine. I can alter the trajectory of anything. So I just got to make the hot air swerve around me. It's like, ah, uh, you got to love that. Like these guys can only be here for like two panels, three panels. I need to get this exposition out. This guy's going to talk like no human has ever before talked. What do you think? Dead wood, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ah! <laughs> why did you bring me here <laughs> i just thought you wanted to come i thought you and your sidekick kerosene man would enjoy being here <laughs> i don't know how are you dealing with the situation mulch man <laughs> uh um so while somewhere they, in a different fight birthday candle man is just like Oh, why didn't I get to go to the death <laughs> fight? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, They exchange words a bunch. There are there is, yes, some very awkward power introductory speech stuff. Um, And then Bernie says some stuff saying like, oh, and hey, we're in the situation, Shoto, because the old man told us to come here with you. So you've got our full support. I mean. Yeah, thank you. But okay. <laughs> uh, and then he says to Toya, "I'm not here in anyone's orders. I'm standing here now because I made the decision to stop you." And Toya's like, "Oh yeah, because you're a little pawn for Dad." Ah, I guess he didn't really negate his point. That's a good yeah. point. <laughs> no, so, um, but to- Shoto does still bring the point. Like, yeah, but if I were to just try to ignore you and go on to keep trying to be a hero, then that wouldn't be 
good either. And Dobby says, well, this war is all about the people involved, not the mindless soldiers following orders who are the real movers and movers. And it's not the mindless soldiers who are the real movers and shakers. This is what happens when everyone's got feelings and urges that start firing off. So I want to change the world they live in or destroy the warped imbalances built over time. Behold, the limitations of superpowered society. That's me. That's all of us the limitations of superpowered society is all of us yeah uh shoto says hey so when your fire went off and looked like you died when we were kids why didn't you just come back home after surviving and dobby says okay yeah i'll share that with you rotten or not i'm still your big bro and here's the story of how I became Dobby and the reason I'm still alive and kicking to tell the tale. Even when I never stopped burning hotter than you, his masterpiece and uh, Dobby's uh, entire face starts to peel away because the fire around him is so hot and it's exposing tendon and muscle and bone beneath his flesh. Yay! Yeah, it's a great, it's a great visual. Like we, we've seen that his body is becoming more and more burned and charred, and as this this fight approaches us, he's heating up so much that his face is literally just falling apart. It's kind of awesome, um, in a sad, twisted way. Um, so you know, cool stuff there. I, I actually kind of liked a lot of the stuff that this chapter did. It set up like, hey, Deco has an ace in the hole, and hey, you know, uh. So you and Uraka are about to have a big fight and, and all these things. It's just very cool. It's kind of like what we've been seeing One Piece do a lot recently, which is, you know, jumping between point to point because there's a big wide scale battle taking place. But instead of trying to hit 20 points in a chapter, <laughs> yeah. it hits three. I was going to say, it's, so it's, like, it's doing a better job than One Piece has recently. <laughs> You know, it's you allow scenes to progress because there's only so many you jump between. Um, and yeah, uh, I think that this was also a chapter that got better. I felt as it went along because you start off with that. And it's like, all right, new power stuff. All right. And then you get to the more personal stuff with Toga and, and Uraraka. And then you get to the big thing with with uh, uh, Toya and uh, Shoto. And it ends in that very powerful visual with his skin peeling way. Cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's undo Undead Unluck. Let's do it, Nick. Let's talk about Undead Unluck. Number 104, your ability is. So last chapter, Lucy. Poor Lucy was wrapped up into uh, Seal's powers and sealed away. And a tag appeared. And now Seal is saying, you're next, Undead. Uh, sorry, I got very distracted. Ninja just chimed in saying my hero academia doing despair than one piece is utter bullshit so there's this conflict already to our, our just calling it how we see it uh so andy in a very visceral moment has his tor like his basically the top of his abdomen just shaved off like just scooped out basically by uh seal because seal's like oh silly me i almost forgot that you can't be sealed unless you're entirely wrapped up but i just wanted to search for the human core and just is basically torturing andy at this point just scooping up different parts of him and be like where is your core uh and no it's like has your brain finished regenerating how are you still going to struggle that's fine by me but 
you know, I'm sure God would be thrilled to see shoot. And Seal Seal sneezes. <laughs> and then he's like, ha, I guess even you amaze can catch a cold. And Seal looks down and sees that there's a new tag on him that says unhealthy. And Andy says, so that's why. In that case, make way, I'm coming in. And he slams himself into one of Seal's sealers and gets sealed on purpose. He just says, see you later, Seal. And undead has been sealed. So, of course, Seal is very much like, that's weird. What a weirdo. He was weak. I can't imagine why God bothered sending me here. But I'll use my power to unify the UMAs. And, oh, hey, there's someone else here. I'm going to go deal with them. And heads off in the direction of the castle. Uh, inside of Seal, we see Andy and uh, the various other UMAs and Lucy, who have all been kind of like gooped up against the wall. That's how it's represented as you've been sealed. Uh, and uh, Lucy has woken Andy up by shouting Mr. And he's just like, oh, hey, so you were alive after all. Sorry, I ended up losing. Oh, this is what it's like inside a seal, huh? I can't move. And uh, <laughs> Lucy is apologizing because she's like, if I hadn't jumped in, you could have you wouldn't have gotten caught. I mean, you're so strong. I shouldn't have gotten in your way in the first place. Uh, and Andy like adds like, I thought that I needed to say or she says, I thought I needed to save you. And Andy's like, well, I was taking a loss back there anyway. So it's all good. Um, and he notes like, what are you talking about? You're way stronger than I am. Oh, by the way, I never introduced myself. My name is Andy, and I'm the, the negator of death. And a negator is someone who can negate a specific kind of rule. And you're a negator yourself. And Lucy gets real excited. She's like, wait, I am? I have superpowers like you? Can I fly? Can I shoot eyebeams? Can I talk to fish? <laughs> Even better. You negate any and all forms of healthiness in yourself. You're unhealthy. <laughs> and I love that there's a single panel of the cosmos behind her. She's like... This sucks. This fucking blows. <laughs> uh, I would like to give a special thanks to Eerie Gray in our Discord who pointed out the name pun for unhealthy. Uh, I can't remember to exactly reiterate it here, but basically it's a, a pun on the Japanese way of saying unhealthy. Sounds a little bit like Lucy. Unhealthy. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so Andy just says, you know, nothing I did put a scratch on him, but you managed to blindside him. And that was a big deal. Uh, so I love that she shouts, then let's trade. He's like, no, <laughs> like, I don't want your power. <laughs> I don't want your shitty power. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she just is, is like, you know, kind of shaking in anger like this sucks. I'm sorry, mom. I'm going to be stuck like this forever. Uh, but Andy looks down and sees there's this giant kind of like glowing core. And he's like, what is that thing? And she, uh, Lucy says, well, it seems that if you touch it, your powers go to the outside. And he's like, wait, does that mean you touched it? She's like, yeah. He's like, how? And we see one of the uh, UMAs get like kind of ripped from the wall and slammed into the core so that Seal can use the powers. And Andy's like, oh, I see. When your ability gets used, you get pulled away by that thing, huh? And she's like, it seems like it's hot. And he says, seems? Didn't you touch it? She's like, oh, no, I didn't. Uh, but when I was about to get caught, you know, or Andy says, but when I was about to get caught, she's like, yeah, it was shiny and pretty. So I went to it 
and touched it like this. And her ghost is pulled from her body. Like she stretches it out and touches it to the core. And we see Seal sneeze in real life. And uh, we end the chapter then with Seal arriving at the castle where Ruin is and says, you're the one who has given the powers of regulation just like me, the one who will be king of the gators. Yeah, and Ruin is just kind of like, ah, killing people. Yeah. Hey, look, I clawed this dude's face off. I'm awesome. <laughs> oh, it's good to be me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice little chapter. Um, get getting uh to make another dragon ball reference the majin buu uh solution yes. in here um but i i really really like the part where uh lucy extends her ghost out it's just like she looks so much like healthier in the ghost form and and it it's nice to get that visually represented so that you know like oh yeah no you can easily see the difference between her physical form because of her weak unhealthy body in her spirit which is seemingly also like happier so yeah it's uh, and also it's just a cool pose you know that it's orient she's oriented and stuff it looks nice yeah so. oh yeah absolutely it's a very cool I, I do love the reveal of her her power to being unhealthy and it's just very like i just love exactly how it's dealt with in the series of her being like this sucks i hate this <laughs> and like having a momentary good conversation her being like let's go on trade powers like no absolutely not your power blows uh and i guess in a way her power did cause uh, misfortune for her because if she hadn't been unhealthy then uh, her and her mom wouldn't have been uh, confined there yes. when uh, the horror broke out so yeah yep being unhealthy sucks even when it's not caused by god so <laughs> yeah thanks thanks god i'm sick forever all right nick let's talk about eden zero chapter 185 corroded arena nothing to say about the cover page this week because who cares about jame uh not ursa was stabbed in the stomach she's done for uh ziggy uses gravity power sends her into a wall comes up just starts fucking punching her really hard uh, talked about like, oh, your naivety has brought the death upon you. Uh, she starts falling. He launches himself down, does this big attack called Gravity Comet, which I guess is supposed to be a very, very devastating attack. But before Urza, not Urza, Elsie can be killed, she is swooped in and saved by justice. A moment at which when I read this chapter, because in, in all disclosure, I didn't get the chance. I, sh I should say I forgot to read this chapter until right before we record the podcast. So I don't have a ton of thoughts on it. But like about 10 minutes before we started like recording or streaming, I read this chapter. And in this moment, I audibly, I like audibly was like, <laughs> like, it was like, yeah, of course he fucking shows up. Why else? Like what else would happen? Ah, uh, uh, but of course, you know, the, the sworn enemy of Elsie saves her life. So uh, why, do, why, why do you do it? Because hmm? he wants to be the one to kill her. But instead of saving her so he can then just like stab her in the heart, like to just kill her immediately, he's, I guess, going to protect her so he can kill her down the line. I don't know. It's very dumb. Urza does try to clear up. These I guess. two are clearly made for each other, considering the way that Elsie also went to Ziggy. He was like, I'm going to kill you, but I'll let you go this one time yeah. because I owe you. They're both very dumb. Uh, 
she does just note it's like, oh, you probably found out that I'm here because of Feather. Um, Ziggy asks Aknoelia to follow them. Uh, and Aknoelia is like, didn't you say you wanted to finish Lady Elsie? And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> I've, I've given, I, I stopped caring about her. Uh, but Aknoelia is like, I don't take orders from you. So he's like, fine, call it a request. Just do it. And she's like, okay, but do it. Please. Ah. Yeah, she's like, if you ever betray my children, uh, the, we will devour every last machine on this planet. Which again, begs the question, what are dragons? Are they robots? Are they spaceships? Are they, are they, what are they? And I just love Ziggy's like, oh my God, fine. I mean, he says just like casually, like, you are a difficult woman, but in his mind, he's like, fine, whatever. Oh my God, I get it. You got all this annoying bullshit. Jesus. Uh, the Edens one runs into dead end crow. They're like, holy shit. He's really, really big. Uh, Holy's very excited. We cut into the core of the planet where the main group is traveling and Hamora is like, hey, can I get a different outfit? I don't like this one. The boob window is stupid. Uh, and Shiki's like, yeah, I'd like a better outfit, too. So Wise gives them back their original. And then there's, of course, a joke where he gives Rebecca a very scantily clad outfit. And it's very dumb. Anyway, we cut over and Happy and Pino kind of know, like, hey, the machines here are kind of weird. Like, it doesn't feel like they're built this way. It almost feels like they are growing. And they're like, yeah, I guess it's kind of why they call this a living planet, you know? And Shiki just kind of wonders. He's like, huh, I wonder what it was like before. And Rebecca notes, like, the chronophage ate its time, revealing the beautiful kingdom that was underneath. Wouldn't that be nice? Kind of talking about their plan. So maybe we'll get to see what this kingdom looked like previously. Uh, they're about to enter a new space. And hey, they're in a coliseum, a medieval coliseum. And who should be there but the true four dark stars or whatever their names are. Shining stars? I don't remember. Dark stars. And they just prepare themselves for a four and four fight. Yeah, it's a chapter that happened. Yep. I, I, I don't I, have more to say than that. It's fine. Uh, the Justice and Elsie thing, we went over that. Why it's stupid. But honestly, like, there's not a lot to say about it other than, yes, that is stupid. Because the, the explanation that they give is lazy because the two characters and their relationship is very poorly established. It's Yeah. So. All right, let's talk about Kane Banashi. Chapter 7, Kibataraki. Kibataraki, of course, being the thing that they explained in the last chapter being uh, the method of uh, taking care of someone uh, through looking after the little things. So we start off the chapter with a conversation between uh, Kyo Kyoji, I think it was, was the name of the apprentice, and Master Shigama. And he's explaining, like, yeah, so I, I sent her to work at Izakaya Umi because, look, I've got to go traveling to do work for a lot of stuff. I can't take her along. I thought this was a good opportunity for her to learn this way instead. So I'm sorry that I did that immediately after I volunteered to take responsibility for her. But Shigama says, that's OK. Don't worry about it. But it's going to be interesting, the fact that you sent her to Miku-chan's place. Uh, and we see Akane there. She is in uniform to work at the restaurant and she's she's working hard, but sometimes that's not what you got to do because she's just a little bit too intense when, as the, when the customer comes in. She's like, hey, you want to check out the menu? You want this drink? Hey, 
Apparently, with the way she's referring to it, this is like an actual kind of like style of uh, like service in Japan that I've never heard of before. Um, yeah, I, I forget. Think so. She says it a little bit later. Um, I mean, she uh, says he's a, he's a serving at an izakaya meant being cheerful. Izakaya pub, yeah. I don't know what Izakaya is, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's got something else for us to research. Yes. So she's like, okay, so I'm here to learn more about Kibataraki, and I know what I gotta do. I did a quick online search of how to treat customers, right? Oh, if only it were so easy. <laughs> But uh, she's, you know, she's not only being intense, she's being kind of creepy. Like, she's making all these weird faces while she's like, hey, check out this thing in the menu, guys. Yeah. But eventually she gets called over by the manager, uh, the owner, uh, Momoru Mikuriya. And he explains, hey, you might want to just don't take take it down a notch. You're like, you're up here. You just down here. I need you to just right chill here. out just a little bit. A little bit. Uh. And the guy's like, oh, but I thought that serving customers meant you had to be cheerful and lively. And oh, yeah, yeah, I want I want the energy. Yes. But I really think that you should study people before you go dead on at them. Uh, and Akane doesn't really understand this advice, though. And she's talking with uh, Hiragi. No, not. Oh, God, isn't that? No, I was. I forget who Hiragi is that we read a ser- another series with that with that name was featured. Isn't uh, Hiragi the one of the dudes from Bleach? No, that's His- Hisagi. Uh, well, I tried. I think there was a Hiragi, but I'm not. I can't remember. I'm just I almost type said Hiragi and manga. We're gonna see what happens. Yeah, go ahead. Uh it's a character from Yu-Gi-Oh. Is there Yuzu Hiragi? Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, she's the female lead of uh, Arc Five. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We figured anyway. it out, Nick. We worked together. High five. We covered that ser- series very briefly, didn't we? Or am I thinking of? I don't even. No, know. I, we I covered we covered one of them for like a hot for minute, a like few four, chapters. For like four chapters until both of us like we don't know what's going on. This thing. <laughs> well, I knew what was going on, but it was just like this is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> One day we'll anyway, cover, one day we'll cover another uh, Yu-Gi-Oh series. It will happen, I'm sure. We will. So Akane is kind of bummed out, and she confides in one of the other servers, Hiragi. Like, I don't get it. What am I supposed to do? And she's like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Which is, I mean, a, an understandable response, honestly, because uh, she says, "Hey, look, uh, giving maximum effort is probably not the most important thing to do." It should be whether or not the customer feels like they want to come back in the future. This isn't a sports competition. No, that's that's that other series. That's also not a sports manga, but it's but isn't. So, yeah. so uh, she's like, yeah, just try and do what you know what the boss told you. But we cut ahead to later, and Akai is still struggling. She's like, I tried out doing all the things that I studied about, and I felt like I was just weighing Hiragi down. And I feel really bad about it. And then she finally thinks, like, am I just, like, repeating the same mistake over and over again? All I ever do, if I, if all I ever do is mimic the things I've learned, then I'm not 
thinking about the person I'm interacting with just after that guy warned me. And I do like that we very early on are getting this breakthrough for her, Mm -hmm. which is, yeah, Akane is very talented because she's enthusiastic about Rakugo because she was mimicking her dad. But that's not going to be the way that she's going to make it as a Rakugoka. She can't just mimic what her dad does. She's got to find her own way. I like the the lesson as well of like, yeah, this isn't a sports lesson. Like, you're not winning a competition through the toughest grit and determination you can. You're trying to actually entertain people and like bring them in and make sure they repeat regularly. Like, that's what you're actually going for. It's it's it's, it's a very different kind of mentality, and I do like mm-hmm. that. And. Uh... The fact that it is not a repetitive task is one of the reasons I hated doing it for work. Uh, difficult to find a comfort zone, in my opinion. Some people are much better at it than me. So, um, she runs into uh, the Miko, the owner, and uh, he's like, "Oh, hey, are you getting used to, to the job?" Uh, but you know, oh, I'm sure that you know, Kyoji was asking a lot of you. In or when you did this, uh, and he says like, "Oh yeah, Kyoji's a regular here. He he doesn't drink. He only orders orange juice." Um, but as they're talking, Akana is like, "Hey, so what can I do to be considered of others to perform Kibataraki? I can't even make the first rank of Rakugoka if I can't do this." And Kyoji says, well, actually, that's something that I learned from Rakugo. It wasn't like I'd got a personal lesson or anything, but, you know, I've always been a fan of Rakugo and I went to all these performances and I went to see one of Master Shigama's performances once. And it was like he could read minds every time I expected to laugh or cry. He would deliver that emotion with precision timing. It was so comforting to watch. And it made me wonder if I could do the same thing. So I played around with the timing of when to serve food. I tried out different ways of interacting with my customers. Uh, and the guy is like, oh, wow, that's incredible. And he says, it's not really special. Everyone wants to feel like they're treated well. If you want people to enjoy your story, you need to understand what they enjoy. Focus on the other person rather than putting yourself out first and foremost. You're still young. It's not worth agonizing over. Just try out different things. And if you fail, that's all right. Isn't making funny stories at a failure one of the best parts of Rakugo? This was so cool. (laughs) Just this little speechy kid. (laughs) It was like, hey, here's the lesson of Kai's supposed to learn. And also, like, three more that seem like they're going to be key to the series. (laughs) Hey, failure is actually an important part of the creative process and should be encouraged and like, you know, empowered and things like that. Uh, And then maybe uh, when Akane enters the big giant competition at the end, she can learn nothing and just fight her rival at the very end. (laughs) She just gets out her she gets gets out her dual disc. All right, I'm coming. (laughs) (laughs) She can go back on all the lessons about forging your own path and, and just make whatever food everyone else made. Sorry. Uh, but this is a big breakthrough for Akane. She finally feels like she's understanding it. And at that moment, Hiragi comes in and is like, hey, boss, I need your help with something. And she 
leads them to uh, this guy who is speaking a different language. And I apologize, I don't recognize this language myself. I think someone said um, it was Mongolian. Um, I would yeah, definitely shoot for somewhere in one of those areas in like main continent Asia. Yes, but I. But uh, yeah, they're like, yeah, that guy's not speaking English. Uh, oh, people are saying so. I don't know what to do. So. so, oh yeah, that makes sense. Actually, when I look at the yeah, okay. So, uh, Akane approaches him, and she's like, "Okay, what's this guy want?" And she realizes, like, "Okay, he's got the menu, so he's asking for an explanation. He must be trying to order, but he can't read Japanese, and there are no pictures of the food, so." how do I explain this stuff? So she like points at, you know, one of the items, which is a bottle of beer. And she mimics pouring a bottle of beer and drinking it and getting drunk. And the guy is able to say, oh, beer. And she gets, she's like, yeah. And basically she like uses her Rakugo skills to essentially pantomime the different items on the menu until he starts getting it. And so then he's able to actually order stuff. And at the end, the guy says, uh, thank you. Ari- he says arigato, so you know he tries to he tries to say thank you in Japanese, and he's got this very happy expression on his face. And I love Akane is just like, oh, uh, yeah, you're welcome. Like that's so relatable. <laughs> the awkward, <laughs> like my favorite. Like I've already liked this series a lot, but if I didn't, this would have been the moment that sells the entire series on me. One. I love this as just a way to show her Rakugo skills as a way to help cross the language barrier and just connect. It's a very uh, cute way to execute it. But I love that she starts doing it. Her her co-worker's like, oh, hey, I have my phone out. And the manager's like, I think she's got it from here. And then just ending it. One, I really appreciate the the localization choice to not try to translate it as some broken form of thank you, but instead clearly being a arigato was really nice. I do just love how like shy and how good she feels. Like she's so happy Mm -hmm. afterwards. And I was like, yes, fucking go. I love you. You're the best. Yeah. And it's that feeling of happiness that you've kind of come not to expect from her because she seems so energetic and like ready to fight Mm -hmm. that you think a bigger celebration would come in. But she's going like, yay. And it feels so much more genuine. It's really nice. Time passes. Night falls and Kyoji arrives uh, at the end of the week. So I'm not sure exactly when this breakthrough happened with Akane, but I think it's implied that this is actually a few days later. Um, And, you know, the manager says like, oh, she was actually a big help. And Kyoji's like, well, now that I'm here, I'll have the usual. And Akane puts down a glass of orange juice on the on the bar for him. And Kyoji's like, hmm, that's very considerate of you. Did you find your answer? And Akane says, well, maybe it'd be faster to just show you. And Kyoji says, all right, got a gig in Tokyo next weekend. You're coming with me. Show me what you've learned. Bum, bum, yeah. bum, 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 bum. Very cool. This is a great chapter. Yeah. I, loved, I loved it so much. I love the pace of this series. It always feels like something big happens in each chapter, but it's also like goes quickly Damn. from point to point. So it's a really, really impressive balance absolutely okay blue box blue box yeah chapter 46 if the 
chapter will load for me. Thank you. August 26th, part two. So, uh, they've decided to go and, uh, check out, uh, the sea. They go to the beach and, uh, Taiki is just like, oh man, I used to come here all the time in elementary school, but it's too late in the day to go in the water. She is already kicking off her shoes and socks and goes to the water. <laughs> Like stop, stop being not no fun, Taiki. Fuck you. She's splashing in the water. <laughs> I will say though, I definitely get Taiki's point. Beach gets fucking cold really easily. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes and splashes around the water, uh, and Taiki agrees to come out and and join her. He takes his shoes off and stuff, uh, and then he notices that she doesn't have her wish ribbon on anymore around her ankle. Which stop staring at that girl's feet, Taiki. Stop it. Um, and she says, yeah, yeah, it, it, it fell off. And they're like, I guess we overloaded it with too many wishes, which, yeah, that was actually a really big dramatic thing when that happened, considering that was when she missed her shot. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, Chinasu does look, uh, kind of sad very briefly. And then she splashes Taiki with water and Taiki's like, well, why'd you do that? Oh, because you looked out of it. So they start splashing each other. And uh, we kind of cut over to um, some older who are just like, ah, they're acting like kids, huh? These guys look like they're 20. Like, I, Yeah, but that, <laughs> I, I mean, don't you remember that was kind of a thing? Like when you like when you reach like 21 or 22 and you looked at like teenagers, you're like, oh, youth <laughs> passing me by. And then you get older. You're just like, 21 is a baby. You're a child. You, yeah. You should be allowed to drive. You need a car seat. You're that young. <laughs> uh, and then one of them observes, it looks like the weather's turning foul. I- who are you talking to? I like, what, what is this? I like the weather seer. Yeah, like the weather's turning foul. And like, it's ominous because as we find out, the weather turning is like a big cliffhanger to this. And I just I like the idea of like, there's like a weather mage as like the only supernatural character in this series. Like, the weather's turning foul. <laughs> Enjoy your summer, teenagers. <laughs> I like it. See, it's like one of those, just like, yeah, those two kids over there, they're trying to, you know, desperately to suppress their out of control hormones. The other's like, yes, but the weather, a dark tide is coming. Dark. Clouds gather this. Dude, I'm just, there, there's two teenagers splashing over there. What are you doing? The longer they pay attention to them, too, the creepier those two get. Like, they need to, like, oh, yeah. They need to, like, huh, look at those two. It's like a teen drama, and then they immediately need to switch topics, or suddenly it's a very creepy conversation. Yeah, look at them. Yep, they're holding hands. Yep, now they're going over there. And they're putting their shoes on. Now they're going somewhere else. I wonder what they're up to. <laughs> that dude doesn't leave the beach that night. He's <laughs> staring into the middle distance. <laughs> His friend goes out to talk about the weather some more. <laughs> <laughs> to give more dark tidings of the weather looming before them. <laughs> oh, look at these puppies. Look at how playful they're being. It's like, a dark tide comes. <laughs> you know it's going to rain soon. <laughs> <laughs> the puppies will need tiny umbrellas to protect them. <laughs> so, um, 
there is awkward contact between the two of them as Taiki is helping Chinatsu not to trip. Uh, and then he immediately steps on a rock and trips and he gets his clothes all wet. So he has to wear his uh, track pants on instead of his uniform clothing. And then he says, no, I look like a local, which do you? I guess because you look super casual and you don't care. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess the less you care, then maybe whatever. And also, he's worried about Ryan the train looking like that. Okay. Uh, so. um, but uh, the sun is getting is about to set. Chinatsu thanks Taiki for bringing her out here and making her feel better. Uh, but uh, then Taiki's like, hey, it's uh, it's your birthday, right? Um, I didn't. I don't know if you can call this a present, but I got you this. You got her a little cake, a little cake that is perfect for two people to eat. Yes, it's very sweet. Yeah. And uh, he even like packed it with some ice packs and stuff. So it'll be fresh. He'll it won't be ruined by them, you know, playing in the water beforehand and stuff. He sets up some 17th birthday candles and uh, Shinatsu says, birthdays are significant. You can feel yourself getting closer to adulthood. Like, all right, teenage girl. <laughs> like, what a normal thing for you to say. <laughs> Time moves forward. It's like the character in Mashal who used to say that. And then the other dude would be like, yeah, that's how time works. <laughs> um. And they also establish when Taiki's birthday is and stuff. And uh, she says, hey, you know, right now you're for, you're 15 years old still. So we're two years apart. Taiki's like, two years is not bigger, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's like, I right, calm down, licorice pizza. <laughs> um, and then uh, he's like, OK, let's sing. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy, <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's still really distraught over the 15 year olds old comment he just forgets the words <laughs> happy birthday to happy birthday oh please see me as a legitimate chance of being a romantic partner happy birthday <laughs> oh then we get this mostly two page spread of like Taiki's of you looking at Shinatsu and you can tell like yeah this dude loves this girl <laughs> like because she looks very happy and he's just looking at her being all happy with her cake and stuff uh and then as they finish the song the wind blows the candles out um so I guess Shinatsu doesn't get a wish it's not really a birthday then yeah you fucked up Taiki you don't deserve to go out with her you didn't you didn't protect the candles and her yeah. wish well, good job bringing all those ice packs, stupid. Why didn't you bring something to stop the wind? And that's when the weather guy comes around like, the dark <laughs> portents have come true! <laughs> really? That's what all that was about? It was wind blowing out the candles while they're on a fucking beach? <laughs> he throws like a handful of chicken AKA bones. AKA one of the windiest places you could be. <laughs> he throws a handful of chicken bones on the street and he's like, it'll be 57 tomorrow! And then runs away. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this dude. <laughs> 70% chance of humidity. It'll be so intolerably humid, but it won't rain. <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> they eat cake. I like the way that Shinatsu eats cake. I have to appreciate that. Just go get that whole thing. Get a, get the cake, get the strawberry, just go for it. Hell yeah. I'm I'm assuming they're like they're pretty small looking strawberries from the way the cake looks, but I was imagining mm. almost like a half a full slice strawberry, and I was just imagining her like a snake kind of just like unhitching her jaw to back <laughs> and Sadeki being like, Yeah, I'm still under. <laughs> Turns out I'm into this. That wasn't a deal breaker. <laughs> Oh, God. So, um, Taiki is like, oh, about the whoosh ribbon. Oh, my God, calm down, dude. <laughs> this whoosh ribbon thing. But he's like, we'll have to make a matching pair again next year when mine comes off. And she just goes, hey. And Taiki's like, what's so funny? I don't know. It seems like a very silly thing that you're bringing up right now. So she thinks it's funny. You should be happy that she finds your weird things funny and charming as opposed to insane and like she doesn't want to hang out with you anymore uh she specifically says i was just thinking of how corny you can be but if she's laughing pleasantly at that that's a good sign like if we look people out there if you're if you're into a girl and she says that you're kind of lame but she says it with that look on her face it doesn't mean anything bad okay i mean she likes that she likes it even when you suck and that is what you need. <laughs> so. All right. So, um, it's raining because the dark portent has arrived. <laughs> the prophecy fulfilled. So they rushed to the station. Uh, I like after... to think it's the future devil's returned. <laughs> it's like the future it's just, He's really downgraded. <laughs> He's really downgraded all this stuff. He's not going, you're going to die. It's, you're going to get rained on. <laughs> future rules. <laughs> the future rules. <laughs> oh, God. So they rush into the, into the train station. Uh, and they're like, oh, man, we're all soaked. Oh, but the rain caused the landslide. So the train's out of service. And they just kind of look at this at the notice, notice, and they go, "Huh, huh?" <laughs> I've done that, yeah. So, uh, and then our last panel, as rain pours, is uh, just the outside of an inn, uh, because yeah, they're stranded; they can't get back home. But probably gonna need to spend the night somewhere. So, oh no, a guy and a girl stranded together. We have it, it's a fairly typical setup for you know this kind of romance series we've seen this happen before and we never learn and and isekoi both i think but uh you know sure we'll see how what comes this it's good stuff that yeah it was a sweet little chapter uh and taiki looked like a like a little dweeb so all right nick let's talk about what is potentially the best chapter we've ever gotten of doron doron ron 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 Ron. Who can even tell it's, at this point what is a good and a bad chapter? Like, it's good based off the enjoyment I had on it. All right. Is usually rather agnostic to actually how good the content <laughs> of the chapter was. <laughs> You're so neutral on the matter of this manga. It's like I, a religion. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to know what the, the quality of it was. My enjoyment comes elsewhere. <laughs> 
I, I enjoy now because I read the name and it's kind of like trying to spell banana where I just keep going <laughs> on a couple letters too long, like banana. No, no, no. Like I just keep putting it. So it's to Ron, to Ron, 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 Ron. Just keep going. And do the Ron, 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 Ron. Do the Ron, so. Ron, 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 Plan Guts is the name of chapter 16. Dora has come in to save his stupid fanboy buddy and um, the giant drinking uh, Izanagi guy is just like, I'm going to eat your brain. Um, And he's like, oh, yeah, blood. I love it when blood sprays everywhere. It makes the meal taste good. Wait, that's my blood. Ah! Oh, Nick, I have to pause here and give credit where credit is due. It took 16 chapters, but this was the first genuinely very funny moment of Dororon, where he's just this bad guy be like, mm, I'm going to feast on your brain. Oh, he's vomiting blood. Oh, it's splattering everywhere. Oh, it makes the meat all this. Wait a minute, that's my blood. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> I legitimately got a laugh out of that. Maybe it's because it's the first time a joke in Dororon was paced. <laughs> Like an actual joke. Because <laughs> it could have just been him like, oh, he's vomiting blood. Oh, it's my blood. Like it could have been immediate. Yeah, in the that. same panel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll give it credit. Yes, it's actually there's an actual beat for the joke here. So well done. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. And was but so I was like, all right. But at least it told the joke properly. So. Yeah, I still laugh at that dude doing the skeleton bone joke every time I see it, even though I know where the punchline is. It's great, you know? Yeah. Bones. So. <laughs> spare ribs, Nick. His favorite snack of spare yeah. ribs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but oh, the drunkard Izanagi guy doesn't even care. He's, he just shakes off the wound and starts punching stuff. Uh, but uh, Chiha's okay, I guess. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's his actual name. Never mind. Sorry, go ahead. It's she, uh, uh, oh, because there is a bit where, uh, where, uh, um, um, Toma, Toma grabbed him from the, from the grip and, and just was just like, I'll take that. Ooh, and they got the safety. And, uh, so, uh, uh, Hiragi? No, that's the guy with the Higuma? No, no, that's the wrong demon extermination one. Um, Uji, Uk, mm. eh, I don't care. So <laughs> the 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 leader guy uh, starts issuing orders. He tells Toma to take the wounded uh, samurai and escape. And he's like, "I'm gonna kill these two super powerful Izanagi." Uh, and uh, Yoshihime is like, "Ooh, that boy is handsome." Uh, but he gets she gets contacted by their leader and says, yeah, that's a samurai officer. So lure him into the temple. Tell him we've got hostages. Don't try to dispatch him yourself. Remember our cause. Uh, and Yoshima is like, ah, fine. Hey, follow me. And she starts swinging through her web powers and stuff. She says, if you don't follow me, we'll kill all the hostages. Uji, that's his name. So Dora says, oh, kill the, the big one. Spent to remember this stupid character's name. Um, Ichiha 
says, oh, but the Maroka team couldn't take him, and there were three of us. And Uji's like, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, and Ichiya's like, but they can't. And Uji's like, I mean, weren't you like the guy who was a super big fan of Kusanagi? And now you're like, ooh. But he sucks now. Whatever. I saw He'll be him. Fine. He blows. So, And he says, Toma, Dora, and Kusanagi are a strong crew. Show us what superheroes you are. He's like, well, Dora Dora and Kusanagi are. I'm not actually too sure about Toma. I don't actually know. I guess he's here, an important character. So I guess he should be fine or something. I don't know. Look, look, this chapter, this series is going to end in like two months. So we better establish us like a good sidekick for, for Dora and Kusnagi because we got rid of, the, we got rid of the other one that they had for some reason. So. You gotta actually, uh, have characters to give epilogues to when you have to give your epilogue really suddenly. <laughs> so like they can't, just yeah, exactly. what Dora yeah. went and did for eight pages. They have to show other characters. Uh, the drunkard Izanagi takes a big old drink of sake and it powers him up because, yep. Uh, he's like Soda Popinski. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and he mocks Kusanagi for being a human's pet. And Kusanagi's like, no, I'm not a pet. We're partner. And Dora says, we're friends. And Kusanagi goes, we're friends. <laughs> I, I truly cannot tell was that moment meant to be a joke or actually a dramatic moment because i was like surely you've picked up on it right like surely this isn't like i understand the notion of like you could be best friends with somebody until they actually say it you're still like oh it means something it's real but i was like was it because i swear to god i feel like he's told him he's a friend before like the two of you fucking looked like you were fucking lovers when you saw each other on opposite sides of that one goddamn window. All right. Like I don't, I was, I literally thought it was supposed to be a joke the first time I read it. And I was like, I guess that's kind of funny. And now that I reread it, I was like, I think he's supposed to be serious there. Maybe. I don't know. Look, all I know is that at this point, I'm fucking sick of Kusanagi's stupid shit. I was like, oh, I'm so cute and positive. And I was like, I'm, I'm tired of it. I, but I know he's so cute. I don't give a shit. I, I look, I reach a point with this for any cutesy character that has no further depth to them beyond being cute. Frosh was here. Frosh thinks so, too. Like, fuck off with that. Like, there's got to be more to them than just I'm positive and I'm cute and I don't have a mouth because it makes me look cuter that way. And. Like it get even to the point where like more recently Dora was showing at least some glimpses of like a sarcastic side, but because now you're just like, yay, friends. Now, Nick, an important question here. If Kusanagi and Frosh had both fallen over the side of the boat and you just have one life, say uh, life preserver, who do you throw it to? I mean, it sounds as though we're in a storm. Uh, in which case, I better hold on to the life preserver myself in case I go overboard. Yeah, so, because the future devil's there, being like, "It's going to rain today." <laughs> you heard him. <laughs> <laughs> like you could pull us up and still use it. <laughs> like, like both of us could actually probably fit on one life preserver. We're very small. <laughs> like now, <laughs> why don't you, Kusanagi? Why don't you just turn into a life preserver? 
Oh, sorry. Fair enough. The drunk Mononoke takes a sumo stance and shakes the ground. And he's like, I'm going to kill you and eat you. And Kusanagi gets scared. So uh, then he charges forward. And uh, Dora counters uh, and blocks a bunch of attacks. But then gets knocked on his ass. But no, he doesn't. Toda, Toma does. I guess. Did he charge the other one? I don't know. I have no idea. So, I, uh, he charges Kusanagi. Then mm-hmm. Toma interferes in a panel that has never established and doesn't show uh, Dora behind him. Mm-hmm. And then he gets knocked away straight backwards, which you would assume would be the direction Dora would be in. But he looks off to the side. So I have no idea <laughs> what action actually happened. Anyway, Toma's super stubborn, so he just gives back up and charges back in. Uh, and uh, he's like, when it comes to gutsiness, nobody's got me beat. And he surges with power. And Ichia is like, oh, man, his power is flaring. And the drunkard Monoke is like, oh, you look tasty. And Toma's like, let's go with the plan. Uh, and uh, Dora's like, are you sure? Yes. Well, I want to go through with it because I trust you both. So trust me, too. And Dora's like, OK. And he charges up his power, too. Uh, and uh, that's it. That's the chapter. They, they say some more things, but that's the end of the chapter. It's so exciting, Nick. There's so many cool things happening. Um, never mind. It was really bad. Now that I think about it. Uh, look, I will say this. this is... At the start of this, you said this was your favorite chapter of the series so far. I want to point that out. Yeah, uh, I may have been lying. Um, I will say this. This is potentially going to lead into what would be like the coolest chapter or moment of the series like these two together fighting a big uh mononoke or whatever um this could potentially be the highlight of this series considering it is very likely potentially going to be ending not too far off from now um so this might be the moment it could be remembered by uh but yeah the action is not particularly great the emotional stakes are not great. The antagonist is not particularly interesting. I guess the setting is. It's like a spider web forest. Can't think of an Exorcist series that did any long extended battle sequence in like a spider forest of any kind. So there are no notable ones like within like nope, the past nope, five Nope, can't years. think of that at all. Nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> nope. It's got that going for it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> why should you make me think of that like that would just be like oh i could just be watching this but a billion times better i think that's what i said when i said it was my favorite chapter of, <laughs> of the oh man arc. remember how great that saga and demon slayer was i was just thinking of the demon slayer arc that this is reminding me of instead uh that was a good arc so chris i've got a puzzle for you <gasps> Okay, 
I I I have one last one for you for now. Okay, it's a, it's our PPP PPP pro wrestling puzzles for each other. Uh, we do you want to go first or should I? Put together a like acronym for it that's all P's as well. Professional performer. <laughs> Don't puzzle. make me do more. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> enough. Uh, you could do it first. All right. Published Penman's prickly persona. Pow pow. Oh, McFoley. There you go. Yeah. And which one does that? Uh, bang, What's... bang. That's uh, all of them, right? But Cactus Jack mainly. Cactus Jack. Yeah. Prickly persona. So, yeah. The pow pow was a good one. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Nick, Pacific Performer. Positive. Pacific. Pacific Performer. Okay. Positively punctuates partners' proclamations. Positively punctuates mm -hmm. partner's proclamations. Pacific. Pacific. I know who you were thinking of, but Pacific, yeah. So I was so Pacific initially put me in the in the headspace of like someone in Japan. But I will notice punctuating. Not, it's, it's, it's not like a new Japan wrestler or anything like that. This was like, right, right. Yeah. Funaki. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is. Yes. <laughs> Remember, he used to end all of his partner's sentences by overdubbing it, going indeed. indeed. Okay. <laughs> I got Funaki. Okay. That's all I wanted. I got that clear. The ghost is lifted from the home. It's exited. The house is clean now. I can I can move on with my life. I, wa I wasn't super familiar with Kai and Tai, so I wasn't sure about that. So, <laughs> all right, that was a that was a good clean attitude era one. So yeah. let's, uh, let's move forward. All right, it's PVP PPP chapter twenty six. It made it to chapter twenty six, and it honestly seems like it could stick around for a while. I think it's sticking so, around, Nick. Unremarkable day at the beach. We which <laughs> feels like a really um, mean review of Blue Box, honestly. <laughs> so those just two kids. What is the beach? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Uh, we have a title page for this, which is actually just setting the scene for the chapter, which is Furusu um, in a one-piece swimsuit and a very, very, very cozy-looking inner tube just kind of standing there on the beach. And everyone's like, why are you complaining that it's cold? It's yes, it's cold here because the weather is bad, I, and it's the end of September. I feel bad for poor Furus, who was just like, I wanted to go swimming. I wanted to go swimming on the beach. <laughs> like, oh, this poor girl lost her competition. Just wanted to go fucking swimming on the beach. Uh, and uh. The guys with her are being real shitbags, basically. It's like, ah, it's cold. It's the end of September. Why are you surprised? And Melody's like, you look good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Lucky, um, his head is a star. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if we're... I, yeah, well, maybe he's staring at Furusu. He is. Maybe. He's, he's looking at her right now, and he's saying, like, he's thinking, like, he's staring at her situation... Maybe potentially also being like, oh, wow, she's really cute. That's probably not. But he is looking at her 
kind of spaced out and then he's like oh my goodness take this he's, he's worried about her he's look he's yeah. a very considerate good boy yes and i do really appreciate that everyone's just like oh you look good or it's like ha ah, ah, ha ah, and he's like are you cold here so it's very nice of him Dada sensei complains about the fact that they have been driving and uh then um the other kids start pushing each other into the water <laughs> that's just it's just it um and we get a do a flashback because furusu has observed that lucky doesn't have his technique down yet so you're having him do exercises right but dada sensei says but creating a fantasy you can experience is something i don't know how to do what's he going to play at the competition the joyful island the inspiration comes from the painting The Embarkation for Cythera. The French composer Claude Debussy composed this <laughs> Which piece. Is, of course, German for Claude the Boy Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Weird but, he's uh, labeled as a French composer. It's a German name, but all right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Lucky isn't is thinking about this because it's like, okay, supposedly this is about an island where you can attain love and treasure. So it's a really fun story about happy lovers going to treasure hunt. But uh, uh, it's in cadenza style. And it's confusing. And I was told to play it however I want. And how do I do that? And then Furusa comes in. And as if reading his mind... She says, a cadenza can be improvised. They're often using concertos. But for this part, you should use the pedal to sustain the sound, which this is really weird because this feels like the first like piano playing like lesson in the series. There's, there's a period of time where you could, if you physically remove the panels from scenes, you could convince people that this was actually an art manga. <laughs> like, right. know, they draw things or something like that. But she says, yeah, so you use the pedal and you can do it to sustain the sound. You know, in this bar, you do it at the start or you could also use it later. But the way you, you do it you can uh, change the image completely. And she's like leaning over him in order to to demonstrate this. And he's like, you're kind of close. Six feet, six feet, please. Just, just, just go. Come on, Put mask on, please. She likes you. Uh... Then she says, hey, let's go to the ocean. <laughs> Apropos of nothing. I want to go swimming. Uh, but I can't wait to swim in the water. I'll bet it'll be great. I, I've been, I packed my inner tube. I got my swimsuit. It'll be great. You think we can go snorkeling? That'll be great. Oh, that's going to be so it's cold dope. here. It's cold here. Why don't, you t- why don't you warm me? It'll be cold. Yeah, especially the person she borrowed, uh, Melody, who she borrowed a swimsuit from. She definitely been like, well, you're not going to need it because it's going to be really cold. You're not going to want to go in the water. Like, why did you let me borrow it then? Because <laughs> I like seeing other girls wear my swimsuits. That's the thing. So I'm sure it is. So, uh, so in order to evoke a treasure island that is not of the world they're going to basically do a little bit of sailing around uh and uh dada sensei is like oh yeah furusu said that uh, she said that you know he might be able to actually create it a treasure island that is not of this world let's get started on our day trip to remote island uh 
The series is about playing the piano. So, <laughs> but it's about exposing. They get it. on I, I, I a do ferry. Love the ultimate lesson here, which is is ultimately trying to be about like, hey, let's get lucky, some experience, so he actually knows these things. It is very important to do those things as an artist. Yes, it's just like you know any other. Uh, artistic medium if you want to be able to write stories about stuff you should actually you know learn about those things yeah hopefully but you know preferably by experiencing them uh it is just interesting to see it because like you don't think of music that way uh or a lot of people don't don't i guess get into that headspace as readily as they do for writing stuff yes. so um lucky says that it's scary because they're on a ship and he says the Titanic sank, and um, not wrong. One guy, that one guy, he's not wrong. The one kid who keeps on tagging along, even though he apparently contributes nothing to their entire group, (laughs) (laughs) says, "Are you afraid of the ocean, Lucky?" And Lucky's like, "People can't survive underwater." And Donna says, "They like gets really annoyed at this." He's like, "No, that kid's right." (laughs) <laughs> the ocean's scary. <laughs> but uh, Dada Sensei is like, hey, you realize you're in a dangerous situation right now? You revealed past secrets about the Odogami. You, you have to beat Mimin because if you lose, your father will crush you. The ocean's not scary like that. You can deal with that. Uh, but Furusu says, you know, it's true that people can't survive underwater. But wouldn't the almighty killer whale die on land? Poignant. And then Rachel is, and then Lucky's like, I don't get it. <laughs> He's like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. And I do like that they just start laughing. It is one of those things where someone would say something that they think is very poignant. And then you're like, wait, what? And everyone just starts laughing. It's, like, it's kind of authentic in that way. Yeah. It is really nice to see uh, Lucky and Furusu just getting along, too. So, um, And then what's-his-face ponytail dude uh, is like, Hey, why are you with us below? <laughs> and he says, I mean, I, hear, I came to observe Lucky. And Maloli says, yeah, I did, too. See, there's something I might tell him, but I'm not sure yet. Uh and then and Ponytail Guy's like, what are you playing for the competition? Pavane for a dead princess. Okay. Uh, we then cut to um, a music hall, and there is even a caption that says, with the cooperation of Suntory Hall, which I guess... They're like, hey, can we actually like use this location to, like, Maybe. you know scope out like what the interior looks like I for some of this they stuff. I might have even so. allowed Mappa 3 to go there and, and or Mappa 5? Mappa 3? Mappa 5? Uh, to go there and, and actually see it and then take reference photos potentially. Yeah. I, I ass- yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I assume you wouldn't need to give the cooperation part if you were just like basing off a picture someone else saw. Right. Um, Map Apollo 3, that's it. So Mimin is there. Mimin is there, of course, and uh, one of her handlers is like, you can't just change the assigned music. I I will get fired. And Mimin is like, this sucks. Maloli calls out to her and Mimin is like, "Ah, Maloli, you look upset. 
And yeah, Malili's got like one of those I'm going to murder your whole family looks in her eyes. Yeah. And uh and Min's like, "Oh, are are you hurt?" The the real terrifying one is Mamin's face cuz if you don't read that the top of her eyes are kind of underneath her bangs, it just looks like she has really tiny like almost like like a cartoon like I know she is a cartoon character, but like very very small just the pupils and it looks really terrifying for a moment. <laughs> uh so she says wait what's wrong you look really scary are you in pain they won't let you play how you want i'll just emily says no i'm in pain because of you Hmm. well confrontation yes another really really good chapter of uh ppp i i really honestly do like the idea of exploring uh lucky and furusu and giving them a bit more of a relationship it's it's become like those were cute moments that they shared together yes and uh i like furusu getting some focus after potentially seemingly getting some and then like oh no she lost she didn't have an epiphany at all (laughs) like uh, having those moments and like seeing more. So I, I like getting to see her and hopefully we get to see even more from her in the future. And I, I like this confrontation coming here with Melody and her terrifying eyes there. Yeah, it'll be okay though. I'm sure that uh, Furusu will, you know, she'll uh, beat some guy who's not part of the Otogami siblings and do it like off panel. She'll be or one of her handlers like that. in like and... a half a chapter. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. everyone will be like, she's going to be a real danger next time. But then she'll go up against Sibley and immediately lose. And I'll be like, that was a good fight, though. <laughs> I'm sure she'll get her day in the sun one day. Oh, wait, all the siblings have been defeated. <laughs> oh, the series is over. Yep. All right, let's move on to say, Nick, the Elusive it's, Samurai. It's just you, the rest of this. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Because uh, there is no Mashal. And there is no Black Clover yes. uh, this week. I believe one of the breaks was planned and one of them was not. But uh, yeah, so the elusive, the elusive Samurai, Chapter 56, Assassination, 1335. Tokyuki and company have learned that they have an, an opportunity to assassinate Takauji. Uh, because they know where he will be when. And we uh, kick off this chapter with a color page. Very, very lovely of uh, Tokiyuki going through a Sakura tree. Lots of reds and pinks. It's very cool. We get a flashback to when uh, Tokiyuki was younger and Takauji was just a member of his father's court. Uh, And Tokiyuki um, apparently has gotten lost because he was playing hide and seek. And Takashi says, oh, well, you know, yes, you fled a long way, but your father's via is this way. And he introduced himself as the first time that they've met. And he says, when I heard that the region Takatoki's treasured son had disappeared, my instincts told me you might be here. And Tokiyuki's like, wait, your, your, your instincts? And Takauji says, ah, let's go return to your family. But Tokiyuki's upset because he says, well, you're going to forbid me from playing hide and seek. I'd rather die than stop fleeing, which is quite a sentence for a six or seven year old to say. But he says it. Uh, So Takauji says, all right, if they forbid you from playing hide and seek, I will be it. But we won't tell your father. And he hands Tokiyuki a pine cone. Here you go. Here's a pine cone. Uh, he says, I have good instincts. Wherever you flee, 
I will find you. And Tokyo's like, really? Yeah. Even in hell? Uh, my dream is to play tag with a real demon, so let's do it together. So Tokiyuki's always been weird, basically, is the point. <laughs> we cut back to the present. Fubuki is breaking the situation down. He reiterates, like, okay, you know, there's going to be this assassination attempt against the Mikado. It's most likely going to fail. There is also the Kusunoki residence where Shikaga Takauji is going to be. While Yasuye is trying to kill the Mikado, we will kill Takauji. That's my suggestion. Even if both attempts fail, it will throw the government into disarray. And uh, Kojiro says, yeah, it's worth a shot. Shizuku says, father said an attempt on Takauji's life would fail, so we shouldn't invite unnecessary risk. And Ayako agrees with her, saying that it's most important that they keep Tokyuki safe. But Genba says, hey, Brad, what do you say? Are you ready to kill Takauji? And Tokyuki ponders the situation but he says to himself I don't want to kill him so much as I want to question him why did he betray the Hojo and if I reveal my identity how would he react however if I let this opportunity slip by my fallen clan would lament and so he agrees that they will go with Fubuki's plan since they already have an escape route picked out and uh, he says okay Boys and girls, because it's <laughs> the best way to do things, yeah. I guess. Uh, so Ayako and Shizuku are being trust- entrusted with helping his uncle to escape while the guys are going to try and assassinate Takauji. And uh, he goes to his uncle and explains the escape route to him. Uh, and uh, Yasuye says, well, I mean, if Yoroshige thinks I'm going to fail, you should have told me. I mean, his premonitions are unreliable, though. I once lost money in the dog fights because of him. Yep. Shouldn't yeah. Shouldn't have been betting on dog fights. You're a monster. No, nah, it's awful. Yeah. My good friend Michael was no 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 not gonna do it. Not <laughs> so uh Tokyo explains like, okay, we've got the horses picked out, we've got a route picked out for you to to flee. If you fail, follow she's good and I instructions uh, or are you going to be doing I'm not going to mind your task to perform don't worry about it so throughout the next day everyone is making preparations for escape for the assassination uh, until the day arrives and we get to the hour of the monkey which is shortly before when the assassination attempt will take place and uh, Miwa is wandering, wandering the streets and she says to herself Something's going to happen in the capital today. I can sense it. And she's thinking about Tokyuki, and she thinks, you know, I like that boy. He wasn't like the superficial Basara. He was a country bumpkin, but he was rich inside. And she imagines him as a crab, which is like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Got a weird, crusty, ugly shell, but, you know, a very valuable inside. Good metaphor. And also, we saw her and her dad eating crab earlier. So, yeah. uh, But she also says to herself, why do I feel an ominous foreboding? Takauji arrives at the home of Yoshisada. And uh, so he uh, 
he says to him, he's like, oh, the streets are dangerous, so be wary of assassins. Some of Yoshisai's men are like, what the hell is with Oshi- Ashikaga? He keeps on freaking making Yoshisai look bad. You're better than him. And Yoshisai's like, hey, don't worry. If, we're, if we become enemies one day, I'll just kill him. And he walks off laughing. Ha, and his ha, men are ha. like, yeah. And his men are like, you know, our lord, like, oh, man. History will remember how he struck down a hail of arrows and demonstrated bold leadership in Tiki Kamakura. He's ambitious and virile. That's a word. Uh, but uh, I always Does feel like realize I realize like... being a virgin is the actual way to get true power, as evidenced by the virgin samurai who <laughs> told us, like, you only get this strong by not fucking for 30 years. <laughs> uh, but they say, yeah, but every time I see him, though, I feel like there's like this this thing floating by his head and in typical fashion of the Usu samurai, um, there is apparently just an ever present question mark <laughs> hovering by Yoshisada's head because he's just like, oh, okay, oh, I'm going to go kill stuff. <laughs> seven, t- seven o'clock in the evening comes. And uh, so Takauji approaches the residence of Kusunoki and as they do, some of his men are like, oh, that guy's dangerous, though, and stuff. And I, and Tagaji's like, whatever. He's a strong ally. So we're, we're both serving the same emperor. It's fine. They are approached by Kusunoki. Uh, and uh, as they, Kusunoki approaches on horseback, he says, oh, yeah, the stables are full. But I've saved a place for Takauji Dono's mount. And those two, two servants they points to, will take the others to a different hitching post. And Takauji's men aren't happy with this because they're like, oh, we're going to be separated from him, though. But Kusunoki says, it'll be fine. You know, my retainers ensure his safety. And uh, Takauji accepts this offer and tells Kusunoki to lead the way. So the group separates. One gets off. So his men get let off by Kusunoki. He gets let off by the retainers. Uh, but uh, eventually... I believe that this is one of the generals in Takaji's group. And like, really far away. Where are we going? Uh, but as they go, to the retainers are like, uh, Kusunoki said that if we led you this way, that you would know the place. And immediately they all realize, like, oh, we've all been had. Because Kusunoki is with Takaji. And of course, he's Genba in disguise. But I do like this bit because Takauji has waited for the moment where they're alone together for him to just go. So what are you planning to do, you imposters? He just doesn't give a fuck. So I know where all of you are and all of you are not my people and you're all trying to kill me. So what's up? Well, yeah, what do you want? You want to you want you want to talk about something? What do you want to talk about? Uh, what do you feel about the uh, those uh, the overtime rules that the NFL is implementing? You know, do you think that it's going to work out? You know, there's this whole there's this whole thing about like oh, we'll guarantee possessions and stuff, but then it's like it goes to sudden death afterwards anyway. So is it sudden death or is it not? Where do you stand like, on the Will Smith thing? Do you, do you think it was justified? Should he have done it? Should he have not? What, what, where was it too far? What, what should the academy have done different? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's fine because it then you know 
Chris Rock decided not to press charges, but then there's the fact that, you know, like an act of violence, which is broadcast to everyone. Everyone was just kind of cool with it generally. And can we also note the hilarity that this whole thing started off a fucking G.I. Jane jo- reference? What an old fucking movie. God, God damn, Chris Rock. Like, fucking you write that joke in 2006 and just held on to it for a while. What's going on? The perfect opportunity will finally present itself. <laughs> One day I'm going to drop this reference and everyone's going to love it. And everyone's going to be like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I kind of, yeah, with Demi. Yeah, okay. I, I kind of, yeah. Because she was, because she had a shaved head, right? Right, right, right. It's, it's, yeah, yeah kind of. Anyway, Tokyuki <laughs> and comes out of hiding, uh, and he's got a bow trained on uh, Ashikaga. And um, there is a weird moment because the pine cone keeps coming back and it specifically goes punk uh but i think it's just like stuff falling out of the tree around him more than anything uh but also uh kojiro and fubuki were in disguise as well and they jump into action while tokiyuki says your life is ours so that's the chapter the assassination goes forward Takaji throughout the entire thing just going huh what are you doing Oh, okay, and just so I, I get the feeling he's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, this might not end very well for the kids. Probably not. Um, it's a good like setup chapter to be like, ooh, let's see what's gonna happen. You know, it's exciting. Uh, yep. I'd say more, but I really want to end it here so that your earlier prediction of when One Piece started was like almost exact. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, I guess that that's basically it. I guess we should talk talk about One Piece because it has been about ninety minutes. So, <laughs> chapter one thousand forty four of One Piece, Warrior of Liberation. We get someone speaking at the start of this chapter, saying, "What happened to me? Why can I still stand even though I lost? I'm having fun for some reason." And he starts laughing and drums start sounding. And we cut outside to Momonosuke and Yamato. And Momonosuke says, wait a minute, Luffy is Joy Boy? Uh, And then we cut to elsewhere throughout Onigashima. First to Sanji, who is being cared for by the girl that he saved from queen uh and he senses something and he goes luffy i also like that uh, because and it's, kid it's it's sanji who's the only member of the crew who really picks up on this because because he's the one with the best color of observation hockey mm-hmm. and also zoro i think is dying <laughs> Right, yeah. Who knows how he's doing, <laughs> whether he would sense it or not. He's got other things that he's dealing with. Uh, we also see the kid and Law and, oh gosh, I've forgotten his name. It's been so long Yogoro. since we actually did. Yogoro. They all sense this as well, as does Marco. And when Marco says, oh, Straw Hat's still breathing, Nami and Otama are both like, yeah, he's still alive. <laughs> it's very nice. Then we cut to Mary Joa. And I love the way that they open up with this. It is, so we've lost an elite agent and made Kaido angry. <laughs> Why did we do this? 
Um, and one of them says, What if I told you that there was a potential future that would make us beg for this outcome? It is always better to eliminate dangerous variables. And then some old crotchety looking guy says, In every era of the world, government has attempted to recover the gum gum fruit. And not once has it ever succeeded for 800 years. It is as though the Del Fruit is trying to escape our grasp. And it very well might. Zoan fruits contain a will of their own. And this particular fruit has the name of a god. The other name of the gum gum fruit is the Zoan type human human fruit. Mythical type model Nika. Possessing a body with the properties of rubber. Fighting in whatever way he fancies, bringing smiles to the faces of the people. The warrior of liberation, also known as Nika, the sun god, awakening, brings his rubbery body greater physical strength and freedom. It is said that in all the world, there is no power more ridiculous. So I don't remember Skypea very well. It's so Which long is and I didn't like it very much. Because this is a very, very important arc to everything at this point now. This was like 20 years ago or something that they were there. <laughs> I read that arc like 15 years ago. I don't remember. It's been a very, very long time. <laughs> um... Uh, but yeah, and I do actually really like the way that uh, we get this portrayal here, which is just the silhouette of Nika against the sun as he's laughing and dancing through the air while drums beat in his wake. Cool stuff. And also, I love the wording of there is no power more ridiculous because it's, based off what we see the fruit do, it is the best way because it is not the strongest power, but it is by far the fucking weirdest. <laughs> and that's such a great way to like introduce this concept before we just saw we just see luffy go fucking bugs bunny on a bunch of bad guys (laughs) but before we get to that shit all right he already still killed orochi hey come on yeah this this is important too i don't want your tenants through your country into ruin but come on help me out here i i think there is nothing better than the fact that Orochi, in the most awful situation, is still just a complete slimy shit heel about everything. Like when she's gonna pull a mask off in a moment, and he's just gonna be like, "Hey, yeah, revenge is antiquated. I wouldn't do that." You know, like let's not do anything rash. <laughs> like I just like the idea that he's just he's he's working an angle at all times. Uh, listen here, Yori. Listen, uh. You know, they say about revenge that if you spend your entire life fulfilling it, you'll never know satisfaction. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but she's she has clearly been prepping for this moment. She's still playing the shamisen. She says, my father upheld his promise to you. He trusted in the deal he made with you and Kaido to liberate Wano. For five years, he danced and made a fool of himself, never once explaining himself to his own family. He, he kept his word. He believed you would free the people in the end and withstood an hour of your boiling cauldron. He withstood the searing burns of the bubbling oil. Despite the smile that never left his face, he bore your torments all alone because the entire country was taken hostage. His suffering was unimaginable. Yeah, come on. So, um, you know, if you do that, really, you're just 
torturing yourself because you become you you, know, you become a murderer and then you'll never forgive yourself and um would your father really want you to do this uh? <laughs> she also flashes back to a memory from her childhood where her dad encouraged her to uh to play even though she wasn't good at it and then she's like doesn't it feel bad when everybody says mean things about you he's like no because I've got all of you and she said then we'll be together forever Oh, now I'm sad uh, yeah and she removes the mask feeling that she has been crying while she's beginning more and more emotionally worked up and she says speaking at because she's like hey yeah you know as Shogun by the way let's not forget I am Shogun Rightfully. <laughs> uh, but Yori says, my name is Hozuki Yori. Hold your tongue, you knave. <laughs> Which is just like, oh, you're going to die so hard. <laughs> she used the word knave. You're dead. You're fucked. Um, and she said that I have never shamed my father's name, even after all that I've been through in life. You were never the Shogun, ever. Not for a single day. You're wicked, foolish, and wretched. And the worse you became, the greater the insult to the lives that you have you have killed. Uh, and uh, then <laughs> as Orochi is begging for his life and and Hiori stands up and points at him and is like, I'm going to kill you and everything. The flame of vengeance of Kanjiro comes by and it's just this little flame. And it says, I have failed, Lord Orochi. I'm spent. And Orochi says, Oh no! I, I, this is great. Uh, kill that woman. <laughs> Burn her. Burn her to death. Kill her. Do it. Kill her, please. Uh, and he's bra- bragging about it. it's like, oh, the twenty years you waited for revenge are gonna go up and smoke. <laughs> Lord Orochi. Uh, no, set her. Go over there and set her on fire. No, no, no. Over no, there. no, no you no. must have. Been ah! <laughs> Um, and as Orochi is set ablaze, Hiori just says, The dawn is sure to come. The Kozuki clan always keeps its promises. Which kind of feels like she caused this somehow, in a way. But I don't know. So Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was meant to be like there was some influence there or like last minute betrayal or something like that. I couldn't quite figure out if there was like an implication there I wasn't or- picking up on or not. Or, or if she was just possibly, like, yeah, turn of fate. Yeah. Or if she was just sitting there like, whoo, I am glad that worked <laughs> out because that could have gone south. Yeah, maybe she is indicating that it's like an act of fate because in the end, Contro, as a member of the clan of the extended clan, bore this out. I don't know. All right. We cut up to Luffy. The sun is in the background behind him. And he says, I can do everything I wanted to do. I think I can fight a bit longer. My heartbeat sounds funny. This is the pinnacle of what I can do. This is gear five. And get your shit together, Dragon Ball. We're up to gear five now. We're Super Saiyan five. And you never had to look like a weird monkey guy. (laughs) Hey, that's the best one. Come on. I disagree. It's not the worst, though. Super Saiyan 3 is here. Oh, I swear. Man. Super Saiyan 3 Those where eyebrows. the fucking forehead like, shoots upward. Uh, it's Pro-magnet. gross. <laughs> uh, 
the ceiling of the pleasure dome starts to crack and go zap and everyone goes huh and kaido doesn't know what's going on and then he senses it too and goes what is up there on the roof the roof caves in and everyone's like wait is that supreme king hockey where the hell is it coming from and then a giant fucking fist creeches down and grabs Kaido's body and yoips him up through the ceiling. It's full. It becomes full on Loki getting telling the Hulk that he won't stand up to a god. It's just like boom. And then it's like cartoon is like whap, 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 whap. Put out the bush root. Put out the bush root. So Kaido, like. After Luffy takes a moment to Popeye flex, <laughs> he pummels him into the ground a whole bunch of times and then slams his head into the ground. And then Luffy just starts laughing. Again. Uh, he's laughing the whole time. By the way, some people point out he does different laughs every single time, which is very interesting considering it's one piece where everyone kind of has their own distinct laugh. Right. Um, he does that, but it, it's it's great because... Even Kaido has become cartoonish, like as he's getting spun around his right, eyes, his eyes for the yeah. body. It's like full on fucking a Looney Tunes scene now. Mm. Uh, Kaido says a really cool line, which is Strahd, you survived. Thank you. It's like, oh, he's, I, it's he's great. Crazy. It's great because he <laughs> says that Straw Hat, you survived. Thank you. It shoots a laser at <laughs> Now I can kill you again. <laughs> it's such a great, like, if there had been, like, a single beat between them, it would not have been as cool of a moment because it's such a great... Thank you. <laughs> Luffy is still on his ass laughing his head off, and then he sees the blast breath going, and he pulls a Roger Rabbit, and his eyes bug out, and his tongue sticks out of his mouth. And goes, ah! And he grabs the ground... And rips it up, and the ground is made of rubber, so yeah, that's an awakened devil fruit, all right, because he's turning shit to rubber around him. And the rubberized ground that he rips up bounces the blast breath back and it hits Kaido in the face. And yeah, Luffy starts laughing again as we get the caption underneath his form, as we get a full good look at him for the first time. Gear five. And uh, yeah, it looks like Luffy with his head on fire and also there's like wisps of stuff coming off of his shoulders around his jacket yes to, to close out the chapter Kaido says I'm sorry about that idiot earlier I didn't want to win that way Luffy doesn't care though he says don't sweat it let's finish this up gear 5 this was not what I think anyone was expecting would happen with it <laughs> Yeah, uh, I actually have nothing else to say about this chapter. Like, let's go to MVP and chapter of the week. <laughs> Just cut over. Okay. No, no, discussion. Um, no discussion. This was a really, really cool chapter. I was not expecting it. It was, um, but also like in the back, like wasn't expecting it. And then after it happened, being like, yeah, fucking what, what else would it be? Like, it's, it's, it's just such a, a great fit to Luffy. Um, and I, I will echo what some people have said, because when I first read this chapter and you get to the scene with the, uh, the five elder stars 
and the one i forget which one i think it's the one who's supposed to maybe be based off of lincoln i can't remember uh if when he goes like yes the zoan type human fruit mythic model nika there was a part of me that audibly kind of like groaned like ah are we gonna uh, like oh he's the destined child of the whole yeah. time and also like <laughs> hey there was a secret about the fruit and it's a human fruit and there's one for our god i was like this just feels like a lot of stuff um and i i, I will say this too the only actual real downside i have towards the chapter is that as soon as that moment's done we cut over to uh komorosaki um uh, yori and Although the scene itself is fine, it is overshadowed in a chapter that is way bigger than that moment at that point. Um, because I feel like mm-hmm. every person I've seen discuss this chapter discusses it in the same way. They go, holy shit, that's crazy about Luffy's devil fruit. It's crazy how cool he looks. Holy shit, gear five. This is awesome. That was awesome. I love this moment. This is what that means. Blah, 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 blah. And then eventually they're like, oh, yeah. And Komorosaki was Hiori and had that. Like, it's such an afterthought to the chapter that I almost wish you could have cut that moment out and put it in a different chapter or something like that. Because as this chapter is going to be remembered forever, it's not going to be for the Komorosaki scene right there in my mind. Nope. Um, But as for Luffy himself, I love this. Like, I know some people pointed out that there was the video game color page a while back where Luffy had fire hair and everyone was like, oh, it's like a a Kuma reference or, you know, something like the Street Fighter, basically. And really, that was a preview of Gear 5, because Oda is a fucking madman, essentially. Yeah. And I will say this, maybe controversially, was not a big fan of Gear 4. I got it. It worked. It was very silly in the way One Piece was. Never did much for me. But Gear 5? I liked Snake Man. Snake Man, yeah. I, like, the concepts they worked with, it was fine. It just aesthetically, I was like, it's fine. It's whatever. And like the actual moment of its buildup, it's, it's there. Gear five, this shit's fucking awesome. Like, no power up in my mind since like Gear two has had this cool like an opening to me. I don't know why. It's absolutely just so yeah. goofy. It's so weird, and it is absolutely so fitting to Luffy. Like, I cannot wait for him to fucking cartoon character open a can of whoop bass all over Kaido at the end. Of the- like, it's gonna be so awesome. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see like if this is just constantly the standard for whenever Luffy uses Gear Five. Like, it's, are, is, are all of his fights just going to eventually turn into '40s era wacky cartoon hijinks, or is it going to get toned down eventually? Uh, what? what uh, I wonder how that's going to be handled. But yeah, uh, the Gear Two thing, I th- I still think that obviously, like Gear Two is just such an iconic moment in one piece but you know a few years down the line who knows this might be up there especially after it gets an anime reveal people it'll be so weird just like can you imagine the kind of stuff you could do with this like what if they like just completely shift the animation styles whenever he starts fighting and stuff yeah it's um, it's it's one of those things too where you look at it and you're like it's it's awesome and it's unlike anything else in like the contemporary genre to it you know uh, you could say what you want about a lot of things, but in a lot of ways, you you look at per se like uh, Sage mode, and you're like, yeah, I've, I I get it. It's a power up mode. It aesthetically has some cool things about it, but that's about it. This is one of the few times where like everything feels like it changed. It feels like the soundtrack needs to change. It feels like the animation style. Everything just feels so 
cool and exciting in this moment where you're just like, yeah, I get why this trended on Reddit and made French news and all and why people couldn't stop talking about it. And, you know, all these things. It, it, it's a very exciting moment. Yep. All right. Now, favorite chapter in MVP. What we gonna do? Favorite chapter, of course, is going to be Duran Duran. I think, as I said before, it's my favorite chapter. Of it. <laughs> it's gonna be One Piece. This chapter was awesome. I, I, I will say this: in in all honesty, despite how great this chapter One Piece was, there were actually other series I considered for chapter of the week. So I just want there were some good chapters. There was this some week, really yeah. good chapters that I, I honestly considered for chapter of the week. I'm giving it to One Piece because it's it was so cool and awesome. But yeah, this was actually a really good week. It was not a one week manga or one manga week, whatever. All right. Uh, and what? Who is your MVP? I'll, oh, I'll just uh, uh, do mine together. I'm gonna so. I'm gonna do uh, Akane from Akane Banashi. I really really yeah. liked her helping that guy out. I thought that was a very sweet moment, and I just loved how it was all portrayed. Yeah. I'm going to flip that around. Oh. I'm going to say Luffy is my favorite oh. character of the week because I love this character design stuff. But no, Akai Banashi was a better chapter. Wow. <laughs> Nick. I am they're standing coming after by you. the statement. They're going to come after you. Nick, they're going to dox you. They're going to come to your home. Oh, no. One Piece wasn't the best chapter in the like chapter. It was still a very power. good chapter, just not my it chapter. It was very good. <laughs> It was very good, but as a complete overall chapter, Akane Banashi is paced better, has more complete elements to it, and you read it from start to finish, and you just are like, cool, that's nice, as opposed to One Piece, where it's like, all right, let's cut around a bit, and oh, there's the bit with Hiyori and Orochi, it's like, yeah, it was nice, but it was really weirdly placed within the sequence of events, and then it's like, okay, all the cool Luffy stuff, and honestly, I think that I'm much more at peace with giving Luffy MVP than giving One Piece the chapter. Okay, so. that's fair. That is very fair. You almost convinced me. I'm not going okay. to because they don't have to. They have to like one of us, or they stop listening. And obviously, right, that's how it works. You made your bed, so I got, I got to, I got to pick up the slack there. But it's all right. I, I've long been at peace with disagreeing on shonen things with the internet at large. So yeah, remember what you said about Sakamoto days, Nick. The internet hasn't forgotten. Okay. <laughs> Still feel comfortable about about that, but okay. <laughs> Haven't you said some stuff about Mission Yosakura family, Chris? <laughs> I've said a lot of things about Mission Yosakura family, but those fans are too weak to come at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who would the audience say? <laughs> the, the audience agreed that One Piece was the chapter of the week. And then uh, Luffy got character of the week, actually. I think it was Hiori not too long ago, but looks like Luffy got enough mm. points now. Or maybe I misread it, but Luffy, there you go. All right. Well, that is going to do it, everyone. We want to thank you all for joining us here for Weekly Manga Recap. We will be back next week with some more manga. Uh, until then, you can check out all of our past episodes on weeklymangarecap.podbean.com as well as on youtube.com slash weeklymangarecap. Uh, we want to thank everyone who joined us for the live recording here on twitch.tv slash Rolo T. You can, uh, where the, you can also just, uh, I'm all turned around. Sorry. So <laughs> home stretch, Nick home stretch. So, <laughs> um, 
You can tune in each week, usually at about 7.30 on Wednesday evenings, but to stay tuned on exactly when we're going to be going live, you can join the Discord server. You can also follow us on social media. Rolo T and Nick F. Time are the Twitter accounts, as well as WMR Podcast for the official podcast account. If you go on our Discord server, you can also have fun chats with our community about the chapters as they release. There's also a section where each series that we're covering as a recommendation gets discussed. You can use that to find the Google Doc that is maintained by Ninja X3I, who keeps track of all sorts of stuff like the MVP voting and end of year polls on favorite moments from uh, from the, from the podcast and from Ong in general. Uh, we would also like to thank everyone who makes our show look you know nice and sprucey and stuff on YouTube, including Steve Manartakarash. You can check out his work on. His Twitter account, twitter.com slash stevemanart, as well as just his other pages. Generally, anywhere he's allowed to do it because yeah, they don't Tumblr doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, some places so, are not so cool with it. <laughs> Tumblr doesn't exist anymore, as far as I know. I, I've, I've heard tales, but I think that they're made up now. It's faded into legend. Also... The opening sequence is made by Winston Cheddar and Maljack Stillitz, and it's very nifty. Yes, it's very great stuff. Appreciate that's all I can think of. So I, think that, I think that's all my plunking. Yeah, you nailed it. You did everything you needed to. You were excellent. Yes, I just completely boggled the order of what it was supposed to be. So it's that's fine. Me. You got all the names, all the people. You're riding the high, you know? You came out with, like, this crazy attitude... One Piece was a chapter of the week. Got you a little kerfuffled because you're already feeling the heat, but it's fine, you know? Mm -hmm. You've been in the kitchen. Well, you know what it's like. Well, you see, I was just embodying what Luffy is all about, oh. which is being more free than anyone. And so I am free to have my shit opinion okay. if I so decide I, to. I really like the idea that Gear 5 just allows Luffy to have really bad takes. <laughs> Like he, like, he throws Kaido, like, he uses him like a jackhammer, and while he's doing it, he's just like, I think Thor the Dark World is the best of the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> like, ties him into a pretzel, and then turns him into a Korean and starts playing him, and he's like, I think the Batman kills the Joker at the end of the killing joke! <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good that Batman fucked Barbara Gordon on the roof in that one Batman movie. <laughs> I was like, what, really? He's, he's like a father figure to her, you know? <laughs> and then he just turns him into a basketball and dunks him in a hoop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think that's it, everybody. We've had our good times. We'll catch that you is how the arc finishes. <laughs> oh, did we note, uh, before I actually forget, uh, bonus podcast is up. Go check it out on uh, Patreon. Uh, the Magu Chan bonus podcast. Goodbye.